What I'm saying is, because I firmly believe that the employees are the most important resource of any company or organization, yeah? Because it's your most important resource, you have to take care of it, yeah? Because what happens if you don't? If you don't take care of it, what you create is toxic work culture. That's when you get these toxic managers who then destroy what you're trying to do. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have, especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I, I've got it. Oh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. And today we are going to address a topic that many business leaders are actually struggling with. You know, it's it's one of those issues that they are trying to find the best approach and, and what to do when they're having low productivity, they're having disengagement, and other drama within the workplace. And so today we have a guest who is going to talk about that. His name is Robertson Stewart, or Rob Stewart, and he's going to address and and actually come at it from a different angle that may surprise you in some things he says, because I believe his, his model, his approach, really is kind of, you know, is opposite to maybe what you hear a lot, but I believe that it's really spot on as you are here. So I don't want to rain on his parade and take too much of his time because I want him to get into what it is you've come to listen to or to hear today. So would you then put your hands together and help me welcome to our show, the King's Grand Show, our guest, Robertson Stewart. Thank you for joining me on the King's Grand Show, the show for emerging and experienced leaders who want to boost productivity, performance, and morale within the workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Rob Stewart. Let me tell you a few things about Rob, and we'll fill in the rest as we go. He's an author, management consultant, and lecturer at several different management schools in Paris, France. It's my pleasure, Rob, to have you on the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really, really well. Thanks, Kingsley. And I'm very happy, to, uh, you know, very, very pleased to be invited on your show. It's great. Thank you very much for the invitation. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show. So thank you for being here. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, so, Rob, when you hear the word leader and or leadership, this question I ask all my guests up front is this question here. When you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind? Well, what comes to my mind first and foremost is the really the fact that a leader, a, a real leader, he has to be able to listen. He has to know how to listen. But when I say listen, it's not just listen and, and hear. It's also to understand what your employees are saying to you or, or your managers, your close team. It's really to, to get down to understanding exactly what they're telling you. Yeah. And, and for that, uh, a leader has to ha- give care, care to his team. And I love to say yeah, always the care. Customers are really everything. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone knows that, yeah? And uh, the customers or your guests always are uh, at the, the top of your list of priorities. But I go further than that. I say that it should be ear. It should be employees are really everything. Because after all, who's generating that, that added value for your customer, that added value for your guest? It's your employee, yeah? Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, yeah? You've got to be listening to your employee, their ideas. They're the ones that are facing the customer, yeah? They're the ones that are dealing with your reputation day-to-day, day-on, day-out, yeah? So it's got to be them that's at the center of everything. And I firmly believe, uh, and I talk about this in my book, yeah? Uh, It's really, I I do firmly believe that they should be the, the center of all our preoccupations when we are a leader, yeah? Because they are the ones, you know, if you take care of your people, yeah, they're going to take care of your customer. Now, I know that Stephen Covey said that, yeah, <laughs> but I do talk <laughs> I do talk about this a lot in my book. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's called Employee Power, the book, yeah? yeah. What I'm saying is that the, 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 uh, the employee really is the first resource. So it's, uh, you know, the central theme of the book really is to a shift a really big shift which is necessary from being guest-centric to employee-centric. Mm. I think there needs to be a big change in paradigm. I think people, uh, you know, if you look at how people, how much people concentrate on all the guest feedback they have, yeah? Yeah. If you look at, uh, for example, you look at TripAdvisor, yeah? Yes. Yeah. If you look at all those comments, yeah, what are you going to see? You know, maybe 5% of them are going to be about, you know, oh, the hotel was nice. Oh, the the air, the flight was fine. You know, yeah. the drinks, the drinks were okay on the flight. But 95% of those comments, especially when they're good comments or when they're bad, are about employees. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, you know, you don't have to be, it's not rocket science. You know, if, if you figure out as a leader that that's where it really counts, if your employees are serving your guests correctly, yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about the guest. You have to worry about your employee. Mm. That's a very important point you're making. And, you know, I go back to what you said, you know, which I really like, you know, and um, if you would, wouldn't mind repeat that again, because I think it's very important to even insert this here. Again, you talk about the idea of care and an ear and, you know, how, and I, again, if you could repeat that for us, because I think it's, it's worth repeating even right behind what you just said. Because yeah. I find that sometimes leaders forget this and or they were not even taught this or somehow miss this very important part because they hear so often, which is the most frequently used phrase, is that, you know, um, empl- uh, the customers 
first, right? Put the customers first. So I really like the framework. So would you say that again about the care and air part? Because I think that was so important. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The care. Yeah. Is, uh, so you just use the word. It's uh, customers are really everything. Yeah. But what I'm saying is employees are really everything, which spells ear. You have to add the extra E. Yeah. But, but. Uh, I think uh, the, the real thing is to see your customers, your employees, yeah. as your internal customers. Because as a leader, your most important customer is yeah. your employee. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are going to be, you know, in a service industry, they're the guys that are going to be in front of the guests. They're the guys that are going to be producing, even in a manufacturing industry. These are the guys that are producing the value, the yeah. added value for your company. Yeah. And just don't forget that. You know, I think that goes into what you said about the the um, uh, the, the employee centric uh, approach. And what do you find, or how do you help someone, Rob, who possibly as a leader somehow don't have that nice personality? They don't have the idea, the sense of you know, or even believe that they need to lead this way. They are the old school do as I say, get the job done, we got work to do, the task, the product, the cost. How do you admit that paradigm, that shift to help them realize this is the most important thing? What, how do, what do you do to help them to nudge them in this direction? Well, I think to nudge them in that direction, it's, uh, it's, it's part of what I said earlier. It's about, you know, if you look at your TripAdvisor comments, yeah. for example, yeah, or your guest feedback, yeah? Yeah, 90% of your guest feedback is gonna come from your employees. I would propose to these people in those kind of situations, this, this kind of leader, that if you're getting a lot of negative feedback from your guests regarding your employees, for example, in a service industry, yeah, like in a hotel business, yeah, the first place that you should look is how those, how those employees are being treated. Yeah, And uh, the, the worst thing I ever, you know, the, the kind of thing you're saying is to be very authoritative leadership. Yeah, yeah? right. But what that leads to, yeah, uh, you know, you can you can push, you can push, you can push. You can push a horse to go and take a drink of water, but it won't drink if it doesn't want to. Huh? <laughs> so so I, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And in, particularly in today's society where people, uh, I firmly believe, are in the workplace looking for more autonomy and looking to be empowered. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yeah. You know, uh, which I think leads to my other question about, you mentioned the, the autonomy and to be empowered, which I look at is the environment, creating the right environment for that to happen. So when, um, so making the effort to, to create that kind of environment where people build healthy relationships, feel important, and their overall well-being is being attended to, how should a leader go about creating such an atmosphere where you know what are some what are some ways and and safeguards that need to be put in place to make sure that that happens. Well, two of the safeguards uh, they, they're they're related. Yeah, you have to understand that people are individuals first and foremost. Yeah, mm. but they're also part of a team. Yeah, so you have to treat these two two uh, issues, if I can say that. Yeah. Uh, separately, but together. <laughs> I, don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense. But, uh, for example, uh, if you want people to work for you, yeah, giving them your time is important. So I would suggest that one of the very first things is you have to give quality time, particularly to uh, if you have your managers. As a leader, 
with your managers and your close team, so let's call it your executive team, yeah? Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you formalize and give them time, you know? So it could be once a week, it could be once every uh, two weeks, it could be once a month, but to give them, you know, quality time where they can sit down, look at where they're, up, they're at with their objectives, look at how they are with the, their teams, you know, and give time to mentoring, yeah? Mm. Give time so that as a leader, you can mentor the other managers so that they also, in turn, become leaders. I think that's one of the most important things to create this atmosphere. The other thing is, uh, when you're talking to your teams, yeah, it's to be very upbeat. Never show a dull moment. Don't show weakness because that's not going to work either. If you start to cry well, when you're telling <laughs> when you're telling your whole team that they're supposed to be happy and out there for the customer, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So you need to always be upbeat. Yeah. You might not feel that way, but you have to stay that way. I think it's very important. As again, that comes back to the point I was making about leading by example. Yeah. 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 You want people smiling? Smile at them. <laughs> you know, I, I did a, a podcast episode way back about how the one thing that a leader could do in the next 24 hours to transform their working environment and make them a, a leader that is looked to, is loved, is really to practice that one skill of you just mentioned is smiling. So you can present things in a smiling manner because I believe that leaders <laughs> do, I call it the three E's. They, they empower, they educate, and they entertain. So they have to have that entertainment aspect, which is that inspirational, that warm, at times humor. They have to go outside sometimes of their they're normal, you know, they're, they're what's comfortable and, and kind of ex push themselves because that is what people are going to resonate with and connect with is not so much, you know, you being the positional leader and the title leader is you as a person, which you mentioned earlier, is that personal connection that they need to make, which I find, you mentioned the word mentorship, um, Rob, and in my book, I also mentioned that leadership is mentorship. And I talk about the fact that leaders ought to do that. Now, here's what I find sometimes. Some leaders are afraid of that or they are, they resist, not resist, but they hesitate there because they feel as if they will give too much of themselves and of their value and their information, that person might outdo them. And so there's an intimidation or insecurity aspect there. How, what, how, how would you speak to that? Well, that's uh, that's a very common thing, unfortunately. Oh wow! <laughs> but this is this this is uh, this is what I call you know it's you know you've heard of small small car syndrome. The guy's got a small car and he's always trying to drive it too fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the same in management when you're driving the business. Yeah, you have to understand to you're, there's different levels and you, you always have to bring yourself to the same level as other people. Yeah, in your communication. Uh, and try and ensure that they understand what you're saying, mm. because if they don't, if they don't, yeah, you're on a loser, yeah. Because uh, I'll give an example, yeah, to be concrete in what I'm saying. Uh, if you're you're not going to talk the same way to your upper level managers, yeah, uh, the same way you're going to talk to the guys on the shop floor, yeah. Mm. If you use the same technocratic language that you use with your managers in the boardroom, and you go down to the shop floor and try and talk the same way to the guy that's doing the work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. So, so they have to be versatile and be able to know, which I, I, I think, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is the emotional intelligence component where 
that person has to be adaptable, flexible, and also be so self-aware that they are managing the relationships around them. So if on the floor or upper management, they're still in the, the seat of managing those relationships around them. And I find if they're unable to do that effectively, they're not going to have the results that they're looking for. Here's what I also am want to ask this question of you, because going back to the idea of um, your book, where it's about important of being nice and, um, you know, that to, to, if it's you, your point is that it creates a competitive advantage when the leader, the manager are focused on that nice. And, you know, let me just kind of also mention this because I could hear someone saying when you're being too nice, they feel that they're vulnerable and people may take advantage of them. So let's start with that first. Do you, how do you, how do you respond to that? Well, I respond to that by saying uh, being nice is not a weakness, yeah, mm. first of all, yeah. It's actually a strength because uh, at the end of the day, yeah, uh, you know, if you take uh, very, very simple things that people say a lot, you know, even outside of the workplace, you know, and they say, uh, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you just have to remember that's very simple, but it's also very true, yeah. Uh, and uh, those that think that uh, niceness equates uh, with weakness, yeah, I really think they have to have a good look at themselves first <laughs> yes, because, you know, if you can go to, to as a leader, you know, if you can go uh, to bed every night and you can look at yourself in the mirror and think, yeah, what I did, what I said, <clears throat> that conversation I had today with this guy in this, in this evaluation interview that I had with this guy, yeah, it was fair, it was to the point, yeah, and I got there, yeah, at the same time, I was nice. Mm. There's nothing, I would say to these people, there's nothing wrong with being nice. On the contrary, it really indicates for me true strength. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, I really like that, uh, how you framed that, Rob, because I find that people who, are, who leave organization, you know, they're not leaving because the person is, was nice as a leader. They're leaving. They're able to tell no, you. No, no, no. Right? <laughs> I'd be very. I think that'd be very rare. <laughs> yes, right. So I think you're you're onto a good point because it it goes into the survey and the research we we you cited earlier that people when they leave they're saying oh it's my boss my leader I just cannot and really they if you sum that up they're saying they weren't yeah. nice people at all so really yeah. you you are really hitting that I really like what you how you framed that but you also mentioned the competitive advantage because I find that. People are are more willing. Again, one of the research shows that people ninety percent of people said that they would give a hundred percent of themselves at the workplace if they felt valued, acknowledged, and the environment was the right environment. So, when you mentioned about the competitive advantage, is it around keeping your best people? Is it about performance? About productivity? What are the the components okay. of that? Well, one of the components of that is training. Yeah. Okay. There's a very famous phrase by uh, Richard Branson, one of my one of my heroes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Richard Branson said, "Yeah, train your people enough. People, sorry, train your people well enough so that they can leave. Yeah, and then treat them well enough so that they don't." <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. I think I think that shows uh, you know. But why are you training people? Because you're training because you care and you're giving them the tools to do their job. Yeah. So they feel at ease with what they're doing. Yeah. So that's one part of caring. Yeah. The other part, uh, there's several parts to caring, of course. Yeah. There's caring when you have the individual meetings with people, as I, I stated earlier, being an effective listener. Yeah. There's also caring through celebrating success. Yeah. 
and recognizing. Because one of the things that happens a lot in companies is that people, you know, when they do something wrong, the boss is straight there and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, <coughs> excuse me. And that's not, that's not very productive, yeah? But then the same guy, the same leader, yeah, then forgets when something great happened, yeah? It's just taken for granted. And there's no celebration. And he doesn't go down and tell the guy, that was fantastic. That was a great job. She just forgets to do it, yeah? And that's so unfortunate because when people aren't recognized, they're not being listened to, yeah? And they're in a work environment which is unhealthy, yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't. They just can't perform, yeah. Mm -hmm. What coming back to your earlier point, yeah. Uh, when people don't perform, yeah. And you, what we're saying about people work for people, mm -hmm. yeah. They don't work for the organization, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it comes straight back to the point about why people are leaving, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah, so, I, I like that. It, going, sorry, sorry. Please. No, no, sir. no I, I, I like that. So keep on, um, continue. I'm sorry. I, I like that. Yeah, so, so it's, it's all to do with, uh, you know, training, how you interact with people, employee recognition. What I'm saying is because I firmly believe that the employees are the most important resource of any company or organization, yeah, because it's your most important resource, you have to take care of it, yeah? Mm. Because what happens if you don't? If you don't take care of it, what you create is toxic work culture. That's when you get these toxic managers who then destroy what you're trying to do. Mm. You know, and people often forget too that managers and middle management, if I can say, are so important. Mm. These are your links yeah. to the, the shop floor. If you're not treating those guys right for a start, yeah, mm. then all the communication you're trying to do, everything you're trying to do is not going to work because it's not going to be transmitted to the shop floor, and then you're not going to get any information from the shop floor either, because <laughs> no one's going to speak to anyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think these are such a, so critical and so important in conversation, because I find sometimes, you know, I don't know how, what is missing where some leaders don't get it, that this, what you're saying, Rob, is so vitally important and I'm not sure if it's, like you mentioned, probably, yes, is a training and the coaching, those things are, will be helpful. And I, I think that sometimes, you know, even when you mentioned earlier about the, the people, the, the most important um, stakeholders are, are your, your people that you have, um, you're leading. One of the things I find sometimes, those people could be your most valuable asset when it comes to ideas, when it comes to finding what is a workable uh, approach to a problem you're working on, but somehow some leaders don't utilize or tap into the resource they have available, which are those people, because they're afraid the ideas might be better than their ideas, right? So yeah. how do you help um, leaders realize in partnering, which I, I call it in my book, leadership is partnership, where the collaboration and pulling the ideas from their you know, top people who could have better ideas than theirs. So again, to go back to the whole insecurity issue where they don't do that. And I, my point and yours could be the same or otherwise, that is they're afraid or some are that they might be outshined by their lower, you know, the employee, the follower. How do you see that? Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. I think, I think there is a, there is a, a natural, I would call it an unnatural fear uh, an unfounded it's unfounded. Uh, you know, I believe firmly that, uh, you know, if you've got a guy 
that, you know, you should be very happy if the guy is working with you or for you, yeah? Mm. If you see real talent there, yeah? You should be nurturing that. You should be hoping, like you do for your kids. Mm. You always want your kids to do better than you did. Well, I think most people do in any case. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. So, so, and why, and why would it not be the same at work? Why would you not be wanting that guy to be so successful, yeah, and that, to know that you helped him on that road, you know? I think that's just so valuable. And also, you know, mustn't forget, you know, if these guys who you give all this credit and recognition to become fans of the organization, yeah, and and your fans mm. in some way, yeah, how much harder are they going to work for you? Well, I can tell you, they'll work much harder mm. and they'll be much more productive, you know. So I think, mm. and the productivity issue, that goes right back to what I said earlier about competitive advantage. Mm. If you if you walk into some, in any place of work, yeah, and you see everyone's smiling and everyone's being nice and you can see it's genuine, yeah, then you know that probably the supervisor or the manager, whoever's running that joint, is really doing a good job, yeah. Mm. You know, I, I think, we you know, uh, there's a phrase that you may have heard, also heard where it says leaders recreate leaders, right? Their job is to make more leaders and so they're, acknowledging and listening to and are open to the ideas of those that they're in the team that they're leading and help that person or persons to become more leader-like. That is really what their job, their task is. So to see it that way is a win-win. It's not like, you know, is a win-lose type of uh, proposition. It's about a win-win. I win because the ideas help to reflect upon my leadership. But the other person also wins because they've been valued and acknowledged for the the skills and the wisdom they're bringing to the the table, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with you totally. And I think one of the ways that leaders can get to that, and it's a thing I suggest in my book as well, is that they should really formalize the, all their approach to brainstorming, yeah, mm. and allow <clears throat> allow the employees yeah to put forward their ideas. After all. The guy that's doing the job is probably the guy, whichever job it is, yeah, it's probably the guy that knows the best how to do it, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how to improve on it, yeah? And the other thing that you remember with that is the leaders and managers, putting, putting them both together for a minute, yeah? They, they shouldn't be experts everywhere. They should be mm-hmm. experts in how they lead or how they manage. They should not be experts. The experts that are around you, yeah? Yeah, they're the ones you should be listening to to get advice. Yeah, mm. <laughs> because they're the guys that know what they're talking about. Yeah, so if you don't give them that ability, and as I said, through brainstorming, it's a very good way to do this because you can get your guys from the shop floor, you can get them with the supervisors, you can make heterogeneous groups, you can make everyone together. Yeah, and those are very productive because guys, if they're at ease and they can share their ideas, that that in itself is already a way to recognize the guys, you know? Mm. And when I say guys, I mean, you know. Yeah, right. Men and women. Of course, of course. Yeah, I, I get that. I think that was so profound. I think what you just said, um, the whole idea, the brainstorming idea and and what the, the results, how beneficial, how is a win when they are able to incorporate that within their leadership and realizing that, Hey, again, let's go back to the idea of tapping into the resources you have. I think Steve Jobs was the one who said that, you know, you hire these skillful um, people around you and then you're telling them what to do. So that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you hire them, let them tell you what to do. 
because they are filled with ideas and wisdom that you could benefit from. So tell us a little bit more, Rob, about, I mentioned, you mentioned about the brainstorming. Is there anything else you um, highlight in your book that would be also beneficial and pertinent to the audience who are listening right now about this idea of leadership? And I call it redefining leadership. Yeah, I think uh, I think to redefine leadership, yeah, you've got to remember that uh, leaders, you're working for your people. It's not your people that are working for you, yeah? Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, it's like inversing the pyramid, yeah? And people have to remember, yeah, that when you truly are a great leader, yeah, people will follow because there's a reason to follow. It's not something that's born. It's something that has to be worked on. It's, it's work, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you can have natural skills, you can have the ability to speak in public well and be charismatic and all the rest, yeah? But if you don't have the confidence and trust from your workforce so that you're not in a position to delegate, yeah, you're going to have some very, very, very long days at work and not happy days. (laughs) I really think. (laughs) Mm. So so really that leader is, if they really think about it, it's really helping them lead better get more and have a more fulfilled day. So really it makes their, their day and their life better and less stress and really a happier life overall when they, they approach it this way. Well, yeah, because the work environment itself, you know, if people are coming to work, you're spending a lot, a lot of people today are spending a lot of time at work. Yeah. So that time, yeah, has to be not only useful, but it has to be an enjoyable experience because, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at all, everything that's happening around us today, with burnout and yeah. uh, the talk about toxic wealth cultures, uh, talk about toxic bosses, all the rest of it. Yeah, it's all very negative. Yeah, but the solutions to it are just so simple. Yeah, the problem is, as you said earlier, yeah, that sometimes people are just not believing in it. I think belief, that confidence and trust in an organization are are really the pillars for your organization to work properly. Yeah. Mm. Because as I said earlier, if you're, you want to delegate, yeah, and you don't have the confidence in your own team members to be able to delegate to them, you don't trust them, that's going to show, isn't it? And it's not going to create a good atmosphere at work. It's going to create a very negative atmosphere. <clears throat> and unfortunately, that just chases its own tail, if we can say, and it just creates it's a negative spiral. It just goes straight down. It's like a, a whirlpool in the sea, you know, it just goes straight down and the ship will sink. <laughs> very quickly too you know I think I love what you said Rob because I believe that confidence and trust you mentioned those two words and I think if, if the people feel like you trust them and have confidence in them to delegate they will also it raises their self-esteem and their sense of value they are going to be like you said earlier more willing to be your cheerleader you know I talk about the idea how to turn a leader into a celebrity and a, mm-hmm. a, a, an important rock star I think they will celebrate the leader because he or she is now believing in the people they are leading and demonstrating that by delegating properly, you mentioned. But also, I think that the people show their rock star ability that they can do it if you trust them enough. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. Once again, I agree with you totally. I think coming back to several of the points you made, because they're very good points about confidence, yeah? Confidence starts at home, yeah? Mm. I think most people, yeah, they, they worry about people uh, getting past them and so forth. It's all to do with, uh, you know, if their leaders are like that. It's, it's a problem with self-confidence. Yeah. Because in order to be confident and trust others, 
Yeah, you first of all, maybe have to have a look at yourself and say, right, what am I doing right or wrong? Am I confident in what I'm saying? Am I confident in what I'm doing? And if they're not, well, leadership maybe really shouldn't be their thing. Yeah. Mm, that's a very good point. <laughs> I like that. I think, uh, so I think it's very important. You know, as 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 a lot of people say, outside of the work environment, you know, love yourself before you love before you love others. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, not to the point where you're uh, right. you're a big big head and stuff. <laughs> right. But but at least you know, at least have confidence in what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing about being a leader is to be a really good leader, you have to love leading. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't then really you should be looking to do something else yeah because it's really it's not the easiest job in the world but it's certainly the most fulfilling job in the world i think you know i think that to your point you made a very i like the point you just made as a love leading rob because i remember i was in a group and there was this person that did so well at a lower level they had a skill set to that as an administrative they were able to organize everything and because of that the group that we were in, what they do every year, we vote on someone to become a leader of the, the group and be the leader for the, for the whole year. And because this person performed so well at that lower level, and they chose this person to become the leader of the group, and it was a dismal failure because this person did not love leading. They did well where they were, but because mm-hmm. people believe they should be promoted because of their, their experience and their level of um, commanding, showing their, demonst- demonstrating their skills at a lower level, that didn't mean they, be- they are a leadership person and they did not love leader. As a matter of fact, they did not last beyond six months. They just wanted to get yeah. out as quickly as possible because they did not love the leading part you just mentioned just now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good example. Yeah. And it's also, uh, unfortunately too common. Uh, you know, that people, uh, a lot of the time, uh, I think everywhere in the world, actually, is, is, they, they sometimes get promoted because due to, uh, you know, length of service and yeah. so forth, you get another promotion automatically. And and then uh, some of them find themselves in positions where they're just extremely unhappy yeah. because, uh, okay, they got the, the length of service promotion, but did they get uh, the training that goes along with that? Did they get the mentoring? Did they uh, get some uh, <clears throat> some real advice? <clears throat> Did they talk to someone about what it was going to be like to be a manager? Mm-hmm. You know, so all those things a lot of the time are missing. Mm-hmm. And then so, in fact, you're putting people in a bad position, yeah, yeah? yeah. by doing that. Yeah, I think they, they've been set up to fail right away. And that's really um, also unfair for that person to be put in that position and really don't, they, they don't, it's a set up, to, set up for failure. And I think you're right. So, uh, Rob, we're kind of coming towards the end here. I wanted to know, um, is there where do people find your book, find out more about that? Where is the best place to connect with you? And what might be one last or one or two things you may want to share that you believe that maybe we could have covered but did not cover in our conversation so far? I think I think uh, if there was one thing I'd like to, to, to say again, I think it's, uh, it's regarding empowerment. Yeah? I think uh, too often today uh, in the workplace what we see is that uh, we don't even get to empowerment. We get to sometimes not even autonomy. Mm. Uh, and I think that is so uh, so destructive, yeah, because, you know, after all, if you're the guest and, you know, if you're, the, sorry, the, the employee and you have to go and ask your supervisor, what can I say to the customer, blah, blah, blah. Mm. The guest doesn't care about that. The guest wants to have the talk to the guys got in front of them, yeah. So if they've not even got autonomy, it starts there. It starts with autonomy. 
Uh, and about my book, uh, yeah, Employee Power, if you look on Apple or Amazon, yeah, uh, and you just look under Employee Power, the book will come up, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn, of course, yeah, as you know, yeah, <laughs> we've yeah, already yeah. had several uh, yeah. uh, several conversations yeah. through LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, and uh, but when you look for me on LinkedIn uh, or you look for my book, you use my full name, not Rob. <laughs> you to, yeah, you have to type in Robertson. Yeah, so it's you know it's Robertson and Stuart. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, I have to say it's been a real pleasure to talk to you uh, today. It's been really, really exciting, and I uh, and I love some of the things you said. The three E's. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that away with me. Of course, <laughs> that's a really good one. <laughs> well, you said a lot of good things. I I can't wait to go back and re-listen and take my notes because I'm trying to do multitask here. I have to really listen to you. And but you said such great nuggets, Rob, that I'm thinking, oh man, I wish I had. You know, but I will steal that. I'll go back and listen to it as well. So thank yeah. you for bringing great value to my audience. And really, was just a, a conversation. Obviously, you know, your passion comes through just the way that you present. It just really makes it such a natural, organic conversation. So thank you for being a, an incredible guest in that regards. Okay. And thank you once again for inviting me. It's really fantastic. Uh, really great to speak with you, yeah? Finally see you face-to-face. It's fantastic. Thank you very much, Kingsley. Likewise, Rob. And I, I, I look forward to our continued conversation, And but also that this um, will not just be an episode for someone to just listen to, but it's also, I think you have brought a, I call it a lecture. You've given a, some, a lecture format here on what good managers and leaders need to do. So I want to say to you, as you're listening to this episode, pause and go back and re-listen because Rob shares some very important parts that I think you might want to stop, think about, and even take it among your team and discuss about autonomy and empowerment and loving the um, your 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 people and all the different things you mentioned about the care and the air with an added e. I love that. So make sure you go back and listen to those, share that with your your people, and make it a conversation. So. On behalf of the audience here at the, on the Kings of Grand Show, thank you so very much, Rob, for being here. Thank you once again to you, Kingsley. Yeah? Awesome. Thank you very much. And there you have it, my friend. We have just had Rob Stewart really walk us through, I believe, as I said at the beginning, a different approach to how we care for our people, for those we're leading. If we want to have the outcome as a business leader that you're hoping to have where you can have less stress and so that you can actually you can decrease your stress and have less you know need to be distracted and, and things that are basically unnecessary or could be avoided let's put it that way could be avoided and so I hope you hear what Rob said and I I do trust that you're going to apply and and take a different look a step back at how you lead your people and how you can actually have time to focus on what you you do best, that is to grow your business. So I just hope that you, like myself, took away some great nuggets from Rob today. And my friend, remember this. Remember that you are one skill away from all of this. One skill. And I hope you are brought closer today by listening to this episode. Now, if you want to connect with Rob, as I mentioned before, in the he mentioned in the episode, the links will be there in the in the notes that follow this show. But also, you can um, 
you can reach out to me. And if you want to get more information about how I could help you with coaching or with speaking and or, and also Rob, make sure you the links are all there so you can connect with us. So my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this show today and for all that the value it brought. Thank you for being here. With that said, let's put our show, this show, back into the vault and secure it. So here we go. So help me do that right now. Here we go. There you go. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. With that said, I can exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute and then make my way back into society once again. Okay? And with that said, my friend, you know the drill. Peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.